Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a culture conversation podcast where you can detox from the world around you and get a window into how other people live their lives. Come detox with detox. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and on today's episode, I had the absolute pleasure of speaking to Amy Newmark. She's an author, editor-in-chief, and publisher of Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy is the best-selling author, editor-in-chief, and as I said, publisher of the Chicken Soup for the Soul book series since 2008. She has published 175 new books, most of them national bestsellers in the U.S. and Canada, more than doubling the number of Chicken Soup for the Soul titles in print today. She is also the author of Simply Happy, a crash course in Chicken Soup for the Soul advice and wisdom that is filled with easy-to-implement practical tips for having a better life. Amy is credited with revitalizing the Chicken Soup for the Soul brand, which has been a publishing industry phenomenon since the first book came out in 1993 by compiling inspirational and aspirational true stories curated from ordinary people who have extraordinary experiences. Amy has kept the 28-year-old Chicken Soup for the Soul brand fresh and relevant. Amy was an absolute delight. She came on the show. We talked about the Chicken Soup for the Soul brand. We talked about the Chicken Soup for the Soul babies and Chicken Soup for the Soul kids books that are coming out here shortly. It's a great conversation. I cannot overstate how much I enjoyed my conversation with Amy. I hope you will too. Uh, But before we get there, I'm going to let you know that today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by, you guessed it, Snuffy. Snuffy is a clothing brand about empowering you to show your weird unapologetically with bravery and confidence. 10% of profit goes to LGBTQ plus organizations led by trans people of color. Shop online now at snuffy.co. That's snuffy, S-N-U-F-F-Y.co. The owner and operator of Snuffy is Nick Silvestri, good friend of the podcast who designed the Detox Podcast logos. So if you want to go support him, go check it out, snuffy.co. And by Empire Toys. Nostalgia is something everyone loves, and Empire Toys in Keller, Texas is on nostalgia overload. With toys and action figures from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and today, Empire Toys is a one-stop shop for a trip down memory lane and a chance to reclaim what was once yours, but likely sold at a garage sale. Check out Empire Toys on Facebook, Instagram, or at TheEmpireToys.com. Now, if you are listening to the show for the first time, welcome. I hope you enjoy it and that you'll come back for a future episode. If you are a repeat listener, welcome back. We really appreciate the fact that you enjoy the show and you come back week after week. If you want to support the show, there's a couple of ways you could do that. First, you can subscribe to the podcast. That way you never miss an episode. You can rate and review the podcast on your podcast app of choice, and you can share the podcast with a friend. Word of mouth is the most successful way for independent podcasts such as this one to get traction. So again, without further ado, my conversation with Amy Newmark is right up after this. What's going on? My name is Joe Shaw and I host the music podcast After the Encore. After the Encore is a long-form career retrospective podcast that takes you behind the music of some of your favorite artists. Musicians like John Oates of Holland Oates, Chris Kirkpatrick of NSYNC, and Jarrett Reddick of Bowling for Soup, and many others. Each season of the podcast is themed around a different topic, like the boy bands of the 90s, badass women in music, 
or even artists that were featured on the TV show, The Voice. I am committed to taking you deep inside an artist's mind to find out why they do what they do, what does music mean to them, and how do they quantify success. We tell an overarching story which will take you not only behind the music, but into the psyche of the artists themselves. After the Encore is a proud member of the Roberts Media Group podcast family. Check us out on any of your favorite podcast platforms today. Welcome back to the Detox Podcast. With me at this time, I'm super excited to talk to her. It's going to be good for our soul, and that's a little bit of a pun here. I'm speaking to Amy Newmark. Amy, how are you doing today? I am great. Very excited to be spending this time with you. I am excited as well. Um, There's a lot of great stuff to dig into in our time together, and I'm excited to do so. But first, before we get into that, a question I like to ask guests who come on the show to help us kind of anchor the conversation a little bit is to ask my guest, Amy, what are you currently detoxing from? Ah, detoxing from. Boy, I have detoxed from so many things because I've learned through my chicken soup for the soul work Mm. of basically how to streamline my life and get rid of the things that don't make sense. So I started this job when I was 50. Now I'm 64. But the first thing I learned was to detox my collection of friends, you know, Mm. and I learned that, oh, you can swap out friends. You don't have to stay (laughs) with friends who don't add value to your life because they're not really friends. And I've learned to detox myself from all different things. But I have to say, what I've been working on detoxing myself from during this whole COVID pandemic has been detoxing myself from working too much. Mm. And so I've learned to just run out in the middle of the day and take a 45 minute bike ride. And yeah, it's the work day, but I'm learning to put myself first. Now I'm also recording this with you at 9 PM. So, but you know what? That's because I actually wanted to. Right. Not right. because I'm letting work run my life, but I'm really trying hard to put myself first and not let, let work take over and cause me to not exercise, not socialize, not see my kids enough, all right. of that. So I'm trying to put I'm trying to put work in its place after doing this job for 13 years. I think you bring up a good point because I think so many of us, myself included, uh, had that realization throughout the pandemic of, hey, I am spending a lot of mental calories on stuff that I feel may not be adding a lot of value to my life. And uh, meaning I am spending an exorbitant amount of energy on work and I really need to evaluate what needs to be done, what can be done later as opposed to right now, and how can I take care of myself? And I was even had this conversation just yesterday with a colleague where I felt in a funk, and she suggested, hey, why don't we just chat on the phone outside while we're taking a walk instead of being glued to our computers doing a video chat or anything else? And I walked out, and I felt the sun hit me at like 10 a.m. in the morning and I it, I felt like a plant soaking up water. It was so good. And I said, this is what I needed. I just needed to get out 
and allow myself that freedom to breathe. It was incredible. You know, that's something that I think so many people have realized during the pandemic, which is the value of getting outside in nature. Yeah. And, you know, there's a whole school of thought in Japan. I forget the name of it now, but it's basically all about tree bathing. And that doesn't mean you go run around naked in the trees. It just means you get out and you're surrounded by trees. And scientists have proved that being exposed to trees, even just looking at them out your window is really good for your health and walking among them is even better. But I... We did a book called Chicken Soup for the Soul, Making Me Time early in 2021. And it was amazing how many stories came in about the value of getting out in nature. And it was something that people really did rediscover during the pandemic because at least they were at home. Right. And so it was easier to just put the sneakers on and walk outside. I love your idea of saving all your business calls or whatever calls you have organized and just do them all while you're out while you're out walking. What a great idea. I mean. And maybe encourage the person at the other end to do the same thing. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was such, it was one of those moments where it was definitely an aha moment, but I felt like it shouldn't have been because the answer was right in front of me the whole time. But sometimes we get sucked in to what we're doing uh, that it's hard to step back out and, and evaluate, but you brought up, you brought up the chicken soup for the soul. So I think that's a good segue to go into the, the conversation. So for those who may not be aware, and I don't know, I selfishly am, don't know how you could not be aware of this, but for those who may not be aware of chicken soup for the soul as a brand and as an entity, could you speak to a little bit of the background of that and how its longevity has lasted all of these years? Sure. It's all based on storytelling, which is the way that mankind really likes to ingest wisdom and culture and advice. It's it's what works best, right? Nobody wants to read a dry essay or right. a bunch of bullet points, you know. <laughs> I know there are workbooks and this and that, and we've made some ourselves, but basically storytelling, hearing stories about real people who you can relate to, that's how you learn best. And so many years ago when the self-help industry was more in its infancy. Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen were both motivational speakers and they started using stories in their speeches to drive home the points they were trying to make, how people could improve their lives. And they decided to put together the stories that they used. And so the first Chicken Soup for the Soul book came out in 1993 and it contained 101 of the stories that they used in their speeches as examples, as role models for how you could improve your life and be happier and more purposeful and all of that. So then that was a big hit. It sold more than 8 million copies in the US and Canada and you know tens of millions more around the world. And so then people said, oh, you got to do one for mothers and women and teenagers and preteens and fathers and every kind of different person. I mean, even scrapbookers. I mean, it got very esoteric, right? <laughs> yep. So, so anyway, uh, they ran the company for the first 15 years and put out probably 180 different titles on all different topics. And then we came along in 2008 and Jack and Mark were kind of done with it and wanted to pass on the Chicken Soup for the Soul brand and legacy to somebody who could take it to the next level. So my husband and I and some business partners and friends and family all put together the money bought the company from Jack and Mark and did take it to the next level. And now we still have our very successful line of books and with 180 
new titles. So, you know, we added on to the 180 or so that were already there and we keep coming up with new topics. We also have a great line of pet food for dogs and cats. And we also, and this is our really humongous business now, now we have Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment, which is a TV and film distribution company, which also provides television shows and films for free via our Crackle app, which used to be owned by Sony. So you might've heard of it, yep. it's that orange square. Uh, we have Crackle, we have popcorn flicks, we have all kinds of free streaming services, TV and movies, always free. We don't try to take you to a premium level. It's just free, only free. It's not, I sound like that ad for something else. Right? Right. It's, like, it's free, free and free. But right. that's so our big business now is our entertainment business. But chugging along and creating the goodwill and maintaining the integrity of the brand is our book business. But then the cool thing is that this book business that's based on storytelling and that's how we spread these values and entertain people while we're making them better. We're now expanding into babies and preschoolers and little kids through a partnership with Charles Bridge, which is this fabulous children's publisher in Cambridge, Massachusetts, or Watertown, Massachusetts, next to Cambridge. And so that's really exciting too, that we're giving everybody some chicken soup for the soul, because we always had it for older kids and preteen, yep. teenagers and adults. But, you know, if babies could talk, they would have been saying, well, where's my chicken soup for the soul? <laughs> so now we go all the way down to those little, little toddlers. Yeah, yep. we're down there now. And that's very exciting for us. I, uh, I, what's so interesting to me, and I want to get into those books as well, the ones for babies and the ones for kids. Um, but something that was interesting, I started telling you about before we hit record is that I was given a book. And I want to say it was the chicken soup for the teenage soul. I believe that was the one that I received. It would have been right when I was 13 or 14. So that would have lined up. And I remember not really not really, I mean, understanding the brand and having seen it all around, um, but not quite understanding what it was. And then just reading story after story, some funny, some serious, some sad, and it resonating with me on such a personal level that I felt like it was just, like you had said, a collection of stories, a collection of the human experience um, tailored for my specific um, in this case, age group with being a teenager. And it, I feel is what started me on this path to just being insanely curious about everybody's story and understanding our own place in this crazy world. And I attribute that to kind of the path that I've gone on to now doing a little bit of a different type of story collecting in, in this podcast and, and other realms as well. And so I love that. I love that it will, it gives an individual that connection to other people provides the empathy and the connection in in a way in which you are able to make yourself a little bit more understanding and better and then helps make the world a better place and so i i think that's fantastic and i love that it's now being brought to babies and kids as well well, I have news for you about chicken soup for the preteen soul and chicken soup for the teenage soul, since that's where you started. So we're very aware that today's, you know, 20 somethings, 30 somethings, they grew up with chicken soup for the preteen soul and teenage soul. And so yeah. many of them tell us that 
it just saved them because they found mm -hmm. that story that they needed about I don't know, switching switching best friends or finding sure. a new place to sit in the cafeteria or not making the sports team or coming out and their grandmother being very understanding. Like whatever right. the topic was, they got the support that they needed. So we looked at Chicken Soup for the Preteen Soul and it's its 21st anniversary. And we looked at Chicken Soup for the Teenage Soul, which is having its 25th anniversary. And we decided to go into those books and we just actually second half of 2021 have launched new anniversary editions of the preteen soul and teenage soul books. So we left in all the stories that we thought were still very relevant, but we put three dozen new stories in the chicken soup for the teenage soul book and a couple of dozen new stories in chicken soup for the preteen soul. So we've got these new updated editions of those books. So when your kids are just a little bit older, chicken soup for the preteen soul will be ready for them but updated for today, for COVID, for social right. media, you know, for all the things that are happening today. So they're, they're once again relevant to these kids. Um, and I think that today's parents you know, will really appreciate that because they want their kids to have that same experience that you had. Yes. Today's grandparents were yesterday's parents. Right. So many parents came to me and said, I would not have survived my kids' teenage years without your books because my kid would just go and read those books and calm down and it saved our family, you know? Yeah. So, so I, I think, that's yeah, I mean, wonderful. and that's what our adult books do. I mean, right. people read them and helps them sort through their problems. You know what? It's yeah. really important. It helps people feel like they're not alone. Yes, like that's They're not the only one having that experience. And for kids, that could mean knowing that they're not the only one who ever got a pimple on the tip of their nose before the prom, right? right? Whatever the massive issue of the right, day was, right? right? Yeah. Like that happened to other people too. That's true though, because I think it, especially I know absent social media um, and sometimes even more so exacerbated because of social media, it is so easy to feel like you are the only one who fill in the blank you are the only one that feels this way. You're the only one that has had this specific experience. And it's so isolating to feel that way. But then when you can read a story of someone who had this exact same situation happen to them and how they processed that and how they came out the other side, that gives you a blueprint for how to work through the feelings of elation, disappointment, grief, and I know that that's specifically how I processed some of those tricky situations was through reading about similar stories. So you're absolutely right. That feeling of not being alone in the situation. Right. So, you know, there's this whole thing now in curriculums and schools called social and emotional learning. Yes. SEL. And so that's really what storytelling is, right? Yes. It really is social and emotional learning because you empathize, you feel, you know, a story resonates with you. And then you also get these good values and you become a better person socially and emotionally. You learn better skills for relationships and for dealing with people and issues and handling stressors in your life and all of that. So what the cool thing about Chicken Soup for the Soul or any collection of stories, but we just happen to have awesome collections of right. stories, is 
SEL is something that we need at any age. Adults still need their SEL. They still need their social emotional learning because we still need to have all of those childhood lessons reinforced. And now what we're doing is we're bringing SEL not only to teenagers and preteens and teachers have been using those books in schools for years, but now we're bringing SEL down to the preschoolers and the babies and toddler level so that everybody has the opportunity to learn through storytelling and be totally entertained. Yes. You know, this is like, this is like the spoonful of sugar, you know, makes it go down. Right, 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 right. right, right. So that's, this, that's what's so great about this. I mean, you're a parent and you want your kid to learn about sharing. Yes. And so you get the baby book about sharing. Right. And that baby book about sharing helps you to give your child that lesson about sharing in a totally entertaining way where he's looking at this. Well, in the case of the Charles Bridge Chicken Soup, the babies, you know, the babies books, there's a cat that doesn't know how to share. Yes. And all the other animals know how to share. So like the mouse gets cheese, right. but the cat doesn't, you know, or right. I guess in that case, it was the cat that didn't was, say please. Right. The yeah, cat yeah, didn't say saying, please. Yeah. But yeah. there's all these lessons yeah. that you learn, but it's so entertaining and actually fun for parents and grandparents also, you know, because yeah. it's fun. I mean, I was just visiting um, my one and three quarter year old grandson and brought him uh, a book about baby animals and then had to read him the book 25 times in a of row. Course. Of course. <laughs> you know? And luckily the book was entertaining, but you definitely want your books to be entertaining <laughs> yeah. because you're going to be reading them a hundred times in a row to that child. That's true. No, it's absolutely true. And one thing that I found really impressive on both both the books that I read, everyone shares except cat and everyone says, please accept cat. It's funny. It's hilarious. It's in rhyme. And I was impressed, highly impressed with the note to parents at the end of the book. And like specifically the one for the sharing one is did you know your child may not fully grasp the concept of sharing until age three and you provide information. It's an educational opportunity for parents and a bullet point of takeaways like, Hey, your kid may not understand. So here's how to help them understand and learn empathy. And as a new dad, when my kid was born, that was something I was told in broad strokes, like, Oh, developmentally, it's going to take a while for your kid to understand sharing, or it's going to take a while for your kid to learn um, how their actions affect others. Right. Um, but to ha but it, it was a lot of like reading long essays and understanding things. And if I had a book like this one where it was just printed on the back, the note to parents, and then I saw, oh, just have something, uh, have something for them to share with, have them understand, talk them through it. Like those quick digestible bullet points, then I would have felt more equipped to help my kid be set up for success. And, and so I think that's fantastic. I love the note to parents at the end. Where did you arrive at the idea to add those notes at the end of the books? That was the terrific people at Charles Bridge. Oh, nice. Because I don't know those things either. I don't know what is the milestone for like when a kid learns to share or whatever. But I totally agree with you because I was actually just reading that at the back of one of the baby's books. And I didn't know the proper age either. And and then it talked about when you could start introducing the concept. And I was very appreciative of that because I didn't know either. I mean, you don't know these things. And I guess you know them when you're raising a kid, but then you forget them later yes. and then you have to relearn them. 
So I love the fact that in the Charles Bridge Chicken Soup for the Soul Babies books, they do have the really fun story, which a parent will enjoy reading 100 times in a row. And then they do have those, those great tips for parents at the end, which are extremely helpful, like you said, because yes. that, and it's like a painless way for the parent to learn what they need to know. Also, right. it's right there in front of them. And so you have this nice little morsel. You have this entertaining book about teaching, where you teach a kid about sharing, the value right. of sharing or the value of saying, please. And then you have notes at the back that explain to you, okay, your kid actually isn't going to be good at this yet. Right. Here's, how you can, here's how you can get there. Yes. You know? Yes. And, and I don't know if you saw um, the the board book, not the board books, but the picture books oh, yes. for older kids, like the yes. three to seven-year-olds. And in the back of those books, um, we actually have a chicken soup for the soul story for the parent to oh, read. Oh, that's right. Yes. Right. So there's a chicken soup for the soul story that is relevant to the story that was told in the book. And so that's really fun also um, because the parent gets a real chicken soup for the soul story to enjoy. And so right. we tried to really add some extra value to the books by putting that in there. And we chose stories that really made sense with each theme. And the interesting thing is the themes that we chose, when you get to the picture books, the themes that we chose are really the same as the themes that we always stress for adults. Like one of the um, picture books is about not being afraid to try new things, even if you're not going to be good at them. Right. Well, that is something we're constantly telling our adult readers, but that's something that would be wonderful to tell a three to seven year old, you know, right. don't be afraid to try new things. If your friend is really great at soccer and you're not, well, try that, try soccer, even if you're not great at it, it might be fun, but it's worth trying it. And then you might be great at drawing. So now you're going to show your friend how to draw a house, exactly. how to draw a cat, whatever it is. So I love the, the picture books too. So Charles Bridge came up with the most wonderful envelope, really, to wrap all of these stories in. And that is that the kids all live in an apartment building in a suburban town. And the kids are very diverse. And they're all collected together in this apartment building. And they have adventures together. And they call themselves the Sunshine Squad. Yes, that's right. And their job is to spread sunshine. So they hold the door open for the old lady who lives in the apartment building, or they gather up the fallen groceries for somebody, but they're always trying to do good things for adults and for them, for each other as friends and also for other kids. And, and they each have a unique strength. So one is really good at sports and one is good at drawing and one is good at um, telling jokes and being a comedian and making people happy that way. They all have these different skills and they sh and the books showcase each kid's skill, and so it's really it's really fun to see it. And there are some really good lessons. Like one of the first ones, um, one of the October books that's coming out, is about a girl who takes one of her friend's toys. Mm. She just kind of grabs it and takes it, and then yeah. she feels horrible. And then she learns about how you feel horrible when you do something like that. And then how you can actually make it right and give back the toy that you took and your friend will be gracious about taking it back and you will feel so good and such relief that you did the right thing. And what a great lesson in yeah. a very entertaining book, but that's something that every little kid goes through. Every little kid nabs something and then needs to give it back. Right. You know, 
And, and so that was a great lesson. Um, they're, the books are just incredible. I love how each one is on a different theme. That's a theme that a parent or grandparent would be like, oh yeah, I want my kid to learn about yeah. sharing. I want my kid to learn about saying please. Yeah. I want my kid to uh, learn about not taking things, but also making it right if you did take something. Exactly. Because little kids do that. So they're all themes that parents and grandparents will be totally gung-ho gung -ho about for their kids. And yet the kids have no idea that they're being taught these valuable lessons because they just think that they're having a really fabulous story read to them. And the illustrations are so good. Yeah. And what's cool about what Charles Bridge did is that each season there's going to be two baby board books with, by the same author and illustrator and then two picture books for the you know preschoolers and early elementary age. And then for the next season, they're going to switch to a new author and illustrator for the board books and a new author and illustrator for the kids' books. So the kids will see lots of different illustration styles and the illustrators are amazingly talented and the books are just like a feast for the eyes. They really are. That is incredible. And I love the way that they that they can keep bringing in new illustrators and new authors over and over that's that's fantastic and i i agree the best way to have these lessons resonate with our kids is to to have it wrapped in a fun way wrapped in a fun delivery and then have the conversations when the stories are over. Well, what did you notice about when they opened the door? How did that make the person feel when, when they performed this deed? How did it make this kid feel when their toy was taken from them? Having those conversations to, to drill the lessons home helps significantly. This has been fantastic. I, I guess one last question um, would be, as parents are starting to to get the books, read the books, read them with their kids, um, what kind of lasting advice would you want parents to have in mind as they're introducing these books and these concepts to kids for the purposes of trying to make a more welcoming and a more inclusive world? Well, I think that parents shouldn't overdo the lesson aspect of it because kids are smart and they'll just automatically pick up the lessons. And so I wouldn't say, and what did you learn about sharing from this book? You know, <laughs> I think, I think that the kids will just pick it up from the storytelling. And uh, yeah, I think that parents will learn something from it too. I really, I really do believe that we all need SEL yes. for our entire lives, right? We all need to keep hearing these lessons over and over again about how to behave well and how to treat each other well. And I am really appreciative of the fact that Charles Bridge worked so hard to make the books very diverse so that kids are seeing kids of all different colors and ethnicities and you know different backgrounds all just playing together in yes. harmony in this apartment building and what a great lesson that is for adults as well we should all be living that way where these kids the only differences they see among each other is that that one is good at basketball and that one is good at drawing those are the differences that they see yes I love that so much. Well, if people want to follow you and the the books uh, and see what y'all are up to, what is the best way for them to do that? Well, they can go to um, Charles Bridge's website. It's charlesbridge.com. 
and they can see the books there and you can even peek inside the books and you can go to chickensoup.com to see what we're doing at Chicken Soup and some of our other books for older kids like those new editions for preteens and teenagers and also those books for adults. Books like Making Me Time, which yep. goes back to the detox yep. of, you know, don't let your job run your whole life or yep. whatever that other thing is that's running your whole life. You've got to make some me time for yourself as well. And part of that me time could involve reading a chicken soup for this old baby's book or kid's book to your child. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Absolutely fantastic. Well, Amy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been truly a delight. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. This was a great way to end my work day. I'm very happy to have done this and good luck with your adorable children. Thank you so much. Well, listeners, I'll be back next week with another great episode. Um, you've been detoxing with detox. Now go and make a more inclusive world. If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Detox Podcast, or visit DetoxPodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers, Ben Lawant and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com. <laughs>